P.S. I Love Hoffman is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Iggy Pop! Amen! Let it rock! I'm a fucking idiot. Red meat, we crave sustenance. I'm an artist. Hello, my name is Jimmy Cody. Why don't you have some fun? Fun, fun. Tommy, that's a tape thing. Whoever she is, I'm gonna find her and I'm gonna hurt her. I've spent the past three years learning Finnish! <laughs> I'm always home, I'm on cool. This is a process of dehumanization. Shut, 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 shut up! Hey, Hoff fans. Welcome to P.S. I Still Love Hoffman, our love letter to the remarkable career of the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'm still Brian Rodriguez. And I'm still Kyle Reinfried. We're always home, we're always uncool, and we're always ready to talk all things Philip Seymour Hoffman and beyond. How you been, Kyle? How's your summer going? Summer's going pretty, pretty good. Uh, I mean... The July was kind of lousy weather, but it seems like August has uh, been pretty nice so far. But, I mean, for almost two weeks of July, I was in Europe and I had a blast. So the, my, my foodie listeners, my foodie fans have been hearing all about that. And, uh, I mean, summer's still going. And I'm excited for our trip to Asheville and Charleston. Yes, solo, so. me and you, just Hoffman yeah. guys. You know? Just a nice little bed and breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Um, you mentioned a trip to Europe, and perhaps the film selected today in our mid-month P.S. I Still Love Hoffman episode today will be about an extended trip to Europe. Who knows? We'll see. Just a reminder, guys, these mid-month P.S. I Love Hoffmans, we're just going to check in, have a quick chat with you, tell us what the film will be for our first of the month, next month. As always, we have you vote for two films that we'll rewatch. And on these rewatches, again, we've seen all of Philip Hoffman's films. You can check those out in the archives. And the rewatch were just kind of, I don't know, enjoying it with you this time, if that makes sense. You know what I'm trying to and, say? And, and one another. There was only a few times we watched it together before we recorded Fair. the episode. So it's, so it's fun to see one another's reactions to these movies. And sometimes they're movies that we haven't seen together before you know not even associated with the podcast but that's always fun too so yeah they're live watch alongs we press play at the same time and it's like commentary on the film from yeah two guys maybe the only two guys besides for himself and probably select members of his family that have seen all of his films <laughs> because we saw Schuler, and that basically is what qualifies us Yes, <laughs> I have. I've I've, just, I've printed out a piece of paper that says, "I have a degree in film." <laughs> so, uh, Kyle, a couple things before we, you know, divulge who won the vote for our wow September first episode. Ugh, I don't even think about that. Yeah, we've been doing this for quite some time now. It's been over six months. I mean, yeah, eight months almost. Yeah. Quickly, because these two people. Philip Zimmer Hoffman and the person I'm going to mention are mentioned so often together, tragically, and they were in one movie together, but, you know, 
we don't have to talk about that film. But it was just the anniversary of Robin Williams passing. Yes, it was. It was. Uh, you know, I mean, since they it was they passed away the same year, so it's been five years mm-hmm. for the, since we lost uh, Robin Williams, and it's just you know just two very tragic deaths. And uh, like you said, I mean, they did work together on one film, and that film is not the greatest film. That's Patch Adams, and uh, some people love it. Some people love it, and you know what? It, 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 I one hundred percent like as far as the story and themes, like it, it means well. So it's a good, you know, it's a good film in in that sense. Definitely more of a Robin Williams film than a Hoffman film. Yes, yeah. I wish though they could have done something together when they were both in their prime, for lack of a better word. Yeah, prime and like. Just even, uh, yeah, I would have loved to have seen them been like silly together. Yeah, that no. would be that would be great. We don't get a lot of silly Hoffman, and uh, and that was in the period where Robin Williams was going, you know, a bit more dramatic. I mean, uh, I don't know. People always try to say like, oh, after a certain time, he tried to go a bit more dramatic. But I mean, he was in films early on that were dramatic too, like Fisher King, and you know, then obviously won his Oscar. But then, you know, th- then after that, then he has his one-hour photo, his insomnia, that kind of stuff. But Now, I usually ask the opposite question, Kyle, but I'm going to ask you this question. Is there any Philip Seymour Hoffman role that you could see Robin Williams, maybe not doing the same job, obviously, but doing a good job? Ooh, that's a very interesting question. Um, hmm... I'm going to have to quick just like, you know, obviously I know all Phil Hoffman's movies, but I just need to see like a list in front of me. So here we go. I've got this in front of me. Um, I mean, would Pirate Radio be too on the nose because of Good Morning Vietnam? No, but I could see that. I think that's a good choice. I think I think that... You know I what mean, I was thinking? Uh, sure. Sch- Schenectady, New York. I was I was just going to say that too. Just I mean, because it was, you know, then it's only a few years before Pirate Radio, so I'm going down through IMDb. Uh, yeah, uh, Synecdoche, New yeah, York. Synecdoche, um, New York. Sorry. Possibly The Savages, too, like a younger, you know, like a, the age-appropriate, like if they're, you know, him at the same age that, like, Phillips and Rothman yeah. is in these films. that's a good one, you know? too, yeah. Yeah, The Savages, yeah, those would be... Um, yeah, it's a pretty I good list right say, there, I think. Those would be, Yeah, those would be, like, my top ones. Hmm. Yeah, no, I'd like to see... Again, the versions would be certainly different, but I think uh, interesting to see. Yeah, definitely. A couple other things this month, and there's not too much. It's the summer. It's the lull season. Usually around Oscar season, we get more uh, Hoffman news, but Tarantino has a new film out. Have you seen it? I have. uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and uh, he's definitely... It's a divisive film. I mean, most of his films tend to be a bit divisive. <laughs> I'd say um, so. And he and he just naturally creates that by like comments he makes. Like a big thing right now with that film is the you know because it's alternate history and he has real life you know people or you know p- people actors portraying real life people, and so the big thing right now is just like the way he portrayed Bruce Lee is a big one. Yeah, there's that. There's just. A lot of people were like, wait, how is that possible? And I get both sides of it. You know, you're you're depicting real people, and I think there's an expectation of that it should be more of a history. However, we've seen in the past that he doesn't do that. So 
I don't know. Yeah. It's, I get why it's polarizing. So we never got to see our main man, Philip Seymour Hoffman, in a Tarantino film. Could you even see him in that universe? Um, not off the top of my head. I can't think of, like, one that I would be like, oh, that, um, that film. Maybe Django Unchained? Yeah, that's I what I was thinking. I could see him being, like, a, like a horrible, like, you know southern slave owner kind of like having like having i mean just because leonardo dicaprio just like chewed that scenery and that like character up i mean he's nominated for academy award if i'm not mistaken for that role Um, yeah exactly like that was when i picked and probably relatedly it shouldn't um you know shouldn't boggle your mind here but i could also see him in inglorious bastards we saw him as gunter bachman um, and what was the name of that film? Um, um, A Most Wanted Man. A Most Wanted Man, which, again, I enjoyed, but maybe he could yeah. have played a Nazi. Maybe. I mean, he did end up losing to Christoph Waltz for Django Unchained mm, when true. he was, you know, so he, if he if he took that original role, uh, would have just wiped Christoph Waltz off of the American <laughs> map. So, look, I'm not so sure um, he does fit seamlessly into that world, but we know he could have done it, and... We'll say those kind of films, I don't know, maybe because they're period pieces that we can see him fitting in? I'm not sure. I just don't see him... I mean, honestly, maybe, like, uh, Reservoir Dogs. Let's go back to the original. Mm. Like, that would be, like, low-level crime. Like, I don't see him in Pulp Fiction, not really even Jackie Brown, and definitely not, like, Kill Bills. Like, maybe just, like, a fun, silly little character in Kill Bill. Like, how, like, you know... Does it like uh, I forget who uh, you know? Doesn't Don Johnson have no? I don't know. There's just a bunch of like fun little characters in Kill Bill and you know Volume One and Volume Two, but I think the two we said and then and honestly, yeah, like if he and earlier time, like even at that time when Reservoir Dogs came out, that would have been one of his earliest things. But I think he could have been like a young student. Like I put him in the Tarantino role. Like no offense to Tarantino, <laughs> but I think he, I think he kind of knows it because it's not like he really put himself. He just put himself into a silly Australian role in you know character in Django. But I think he knows he's not not a great actor. Yeah, man, so that's point, point 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 being. I think Philip Seymour Hoffman could have played like. Tarantino's role huh. in Reservoir Dogs. So, yeah. That's interesting. And Tarantino's also, you know, I don't want to say running his mouth because that implies like a negative thing, but because of the film. He just likes to talk. Yes, and he's been talking a lot. Um, one of the things I noticed that is somewhat Hoffman related is that for some reason he's been commenting on Boogie Nights a lot lately. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Kyle, okay, so I, I sent you this article and I know you got a chance to read it. Um, so what is he saying exactly about Boogie Nights? He's like, he has one big criticism of the film. Again, I don't know why randomly right now he's talking about it, but what does he say exactly? Okay, so, I mean, and this is falling into what we were just kind of saying about um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and these real-life characters. He's saying that he has one, well, he, he's, he's very good friends with P.T. Anderson, and because back in the day when Boogie Nights came out, P.T. Anderson was being slightly compared and they were just bringing up Tarantino because, what, like three years before, you know, Pulp Fiction, you know, Palme d'Or, all of that. Uh, So It's funny because they're so different. Yes. I mean, they're both like auteur filmmakers and obviously have that, you know, just that, that, 
the same time of like the nineties and that like that, but yes, they are very different. But anyway, PT Anderson, you know, uh, Tarantino says like, did like reach out to him just so it wasn't weird down the road, just all these like maybe comparisons or anything like that. And they became friends from it. But when talking about boogie nights, uh, with him, he says he has like one problem with it because PT Anderson says that, Burt Reynolds wasn't uh, portraying a specific person, and that person would be the porn director, adult film director, uh, Gerard uh, Damiano, maybe that's how you pronounce his last name, who directed Deep Throat, quite arguably the most, you know, famous porn flick of (laughs) all time, and, uh, but... Tarantino says no, like he looks exactly like Burt Reynolds looks exactly like him, and so Tarantino just being like the student of film that he is, and also of all film because he admits he worked at a porn theater and watched many a, a porn flicks. Uh, so just being the student of film that he is, says that uh, you know that director Gerard, he made much better porn films than the one uh, that's in that, that Burt Reynolds goes like, oh, this is like my masterpiece. This is what I'm most, uh, you know, proud of, of my career. And he's just like, that movie looked like crap in that movie. Uh, that, you know, this director Gerard does, did much better films than that. And so it's just, I don't know, that's just such a really silly thing to point out that just goes like, listen, I know about, and this isn't me doing Tarantino, <laughs> but just me doing more an uptight, like, you know, know-it-all, but just like, I, you know, like, I, I know, I know film, I know people, I know all of these real life, you know, film you know creators and this guy by no means you know his that wasn't his best work that was his best work and he made this it's like all right i get it and that's like what he kind of that's how he just rubs people he's opinionated and then on top of that and god knows i mean i know about being opinionated (laughs) but uh but then on top of that he just rubs people the wrong way just because he doesn't give any like okay you know like he doesn't he doesn't have like a simple line like to each their own you know yeah you're allowed to think what you want to think like he's no this is you know this is that then this is this and so that's i mean that's what he's saying about boogie nights is that uh burt reynolds was definitely based upon whatever that guy's name was (laughs) and uh gerard damiano and, uh, you know, so I mean, I, okay, I, I didn't know this guy's name, the director of Deep Throat. I know the story of Deep well, Throat. Well, but that's what I'm saying. Like, not everyone watches these films with that kind of lens. I mean, I don't agree with Quentin Tarantino, honestly, on this, because I loved when he said, this is my masterpiece to that film. Because it's just a great, yeah. It's like a great moment, because, like, maybe to him it is. I know in the film, he Jack wants his films to be like high level, but I I took it as almost like he you know doesn't really know what high level film and and that's why Jack is not this actual real person like you know it's a movie dude. Yeah. <laughs> so I you know Boogie Nights famously and we discussed it in full on the episode of Boogie Nights and what well, both Boogie Nights episodes uh, Boogie Nights was the you know recap episode that we kicked all this off with um, and. You know, so it famously transitions to the 80s, and if I'm not mistaken, that film, like, when he says that line, it is then the 80s. Um, So, yes, that is after then when Deep Throat came out. So it doesn't 
sync up time-wise, but the fact that the line is, I think this is my greatest work yet, I think this is my finest work yet, the fact that he's just even saying yet is just, you know, so there was work that Jack Horner was going to be doing after that, so maybe then he wasn't up to par with, uh, you know, Gerard Damiano at that point, you know, but maybe he will then be up to par to what Tarantino remembers Damiano's films to be like. So, you know, like, I mean, he, for, for a director that clearly takes liberties, P.T. Anderson, then if, even though he's saying, he's saying that he isn't based off of him, even if he is, he's taking liberties and that's all it is. And again, he's not like going after Anderson because they're friends. So even that makes it then sillier. Cause it's like, why even like how this came up, why this came up, why there's an article about it, you know? Yeah, and again. I, I, I do not know, and I don't really necessarily care. I mean, you know, and that, and that, and then with all that being said, I'm a big fan of Tarantino's movies, and so you know. Well, you can still like someone and not think everything they say is like. Exactly. I mean, he's you know he's not on a list of obviously people that have done some horrible things that you have to go let's separate the art from the artist or anything but like that. But you kind of time, do, you know. Yeah, but you do exactly. You can for anybody. I mean, we were just, uh, you know. Before this recording, uh, Hanks for the Memories, and it br- was brought up that there's like rumors that Hanks isn't necessarily the, the nicest person, while he is America's quote-unquote dad or something like that. Uh, if something did come out, I mean, he was still like the movies are beloved movies, like yeah, you know. I'm not even saying obviously anything horrible. No, let's not like that. imply anything. No, well, I'm bad. not implying anything. <laughs> I'm just saying like I don't know if it came. I don't know if it just he had like a terrible divorce from Rita Wilson. I don't know. Like it's who 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 cares? He's an, look at his work. Is he still good at acting? Yeah, he's good at acting. So do you still find him entertaining? You know, like only there's certain times. Than when, like, you know, when comparing the art to the artist that, like, you know, there's then cringy moments depending on what you no longer like them for, you know? Okay, another quick um, article I was reading this month was uh, from the AV Club. I like a lot of the stuff that they do, and they've been doing a lot of, I don't think it's either this week or this year, but something called, like, well, it says 1999 week, so I guess it's this week, but just looking back at the year 1999... Because obviously, what is that? How many years ago was that? 99 to 20, 20 years, years ago? Okay, yeah, duh. easy math. <laughs> and, but one interesting thing they did uh, last week was they ranked the subplots from a 1999 Philip Seymour Hoffman film, Magnolia. Again, P.T. Anderson. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one to... And I'm, I'm going to go down the list, and I guess you could tell me if you agree, disagree, or... They said the best and worst of Magnolia's multiple melodramas. So, uh, you know, if you guys haven't seen Magnolia, definitely watch it. Great Hoffman film, great P.T. Anderson film. But there are a lot of subplots. So this is from yeah. worst to best. Or just or just even, I mean, character plots. Like, you know. So you in, know, in your head, Kyle, try to place where the Hoffman plot should be and let me know if you agree or disagree. Eight is Marcy Dixon and the Elusive Worm. I don't remember that one. Mm, no. <laughs> seven, <don't> is, <laughs> seven is Quiz Kid Donnie Smith Needs Braces. Okay. Yeah, that's William H. Ramsey. Yeah. <laughs> Six is Linda Partridge is a mess, which is uh, Julianne Moore. Yes. So not getting high ratings, those. Five, Jim Curring and Claudia Wilson Gator's first date. Okay. Four, Phil, Frank, and the Dying Earl. 
So that's the Hoffman one. Oh, that's yeah, that's yeah, exactly. That's Phil Parm. Yeah. Okay. So so it's number four. So mm-hmm. you can reveal now. Is that where you had it, or you thought it was going to be better, or you want me to just read the rest of them? Oh, I was just going to make the guess that Tom Cruise's was number one. That's what I was going to guess. Okay. Not, not where his was. Yeah. Quiz Kid Stanley Specter has to go to the bathroom. Was number three. Number two, the slow and sad demise of Jimmy Gator, and number one, as you guessed. Frank T.J. Mackey confronts the past. Um, I, mean, I, I think I could agree with that, honestly. The stuff at the back, who yeah, knows, but... The, I mean, those were pretty good. The, that's a pretty good order. I mean, m- maybe move Phil's to number three, but pretty much like, yeah, you know... that's true. But number one and number two definitely belong where they are. And then everything... And then Phil, you know, three or four, and then everything else is kind of... Well, I don't even remember number eight. What was that one? Who knows? I don't even remember. It was it was one that I never even heard of. <laughs> yeah. Some rap song? Um, boy. I'd, we're not giving this as an option, though, for a rewatch, because I really don't want to sit down and rewatch something for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> you, it's a gr- you, you it's never really know. Movie. The people not... might clamor for it one day, Kyle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow, you don't want to spend three hours with me? That's nice. I thought we were going on a nice southern swing together. That's what the booze are for. <laughs> we could boozy up Magnolia. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay, so um, the moment I think a lot of people have been waiting for are two movies we had on the ballot this month were The Talented Mr. Ripley and Doubt. Did you have a favorite here, Kyle? Um, I am more entertained by Talented Mr. Ripley. Okay, and both these films, big Hoffman films, obviously he's more featured in Doubt, but Talented Mr. Ripley... Good film too, and the winner was. Doubt. Oh. We're getting priestly September first. That should be fun. Ooh. Hey, that's. I mean, you had an amazing, like you know, like you know, four amazing actors, kind of versus four amazing actors. Meaning, I think I said it the last time, but Jude Law, Gwyneth Paltrow, Phil Jr. Hoffman, and Matt Damon versus Meryl Streep. Phillips and Hoffman, Amy Adams, Viola Davis. All star-studded lineups. I am neither going to disappoint in the acting category, I guess. Uh, I mean, we had a palate cleanser with Pirate Radio, so I guess we're just getting <laughs> back into the deep and dirty with uh, a very uh, you know, heavy plot. Well, we're going to have to rig it at some point for Talented Mr. Ripley. This was a close vote, but now it's lost, I think, twice. And that's not fair, because that's a good movie, and I definitely want to see that. But we're going to have a lot of fun with Doubt. Oh, it's lost twice? Did we put that in our original I think it was in our original, yeah. Like six. Uh, okay, yeah. But guess what? Back to school. What? We're going to get a school movie. <laughs> <sighs> oh, boy. <laughs> so September oh, 1st. Boy. And guys, don't forget to subscribe to us on wherever you listen to P.S. I Love Hoffman, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. Give us a five-star rating. Write us a review. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We, we post from time to time, and that's where we post our voting. So if you want to participate, if you're not happy that Doubt won, then next time, vote for a different film to win. It's as simple as that. So, um, anything else you want to say, Kyle, or, uh... 
plug. No, have I, it foodie uh, films, but you know. F- uh, well, foodie films. So we're mid month. Um, so yeah, uh, I just uh, released a, another first cut episode, where I'll probably butcher this gentleman's name once again, João Sapita. A very, it's a very common Portuguese first name and a, a, a sound we rarely make in the States unless we're doing a lightsaber and Owen Wilson impression. And uh, he is the president and creative director of the Time Out Marketplaces, which all began, they were his brainchild and began in uh, Lisbon. And now they've opened up four in the past five months well chicago's still about to open but miami then i went to the opening of the one in new york and then one in boston and then like i said one's opening in chicago and then they're continuing opening them in uh montreal in london in prague and dubai and they will keep on opening because they're just a really cool experience uh that you try to get their their main goal is for Time Out Magazine to create a 4D experience, and then all, and then in the food department, create a one-stop place for you to get all the tastes of uh, whatever city you're you're in at that point. And then even so, with like New York, since it's in Brooklyn specifically in Dumbo, they really wanted to address that too. And like that's why they have like you know Grimaldi's and that kind of stuff. So stuff that's very specific to the neighborhoods of the cities they're in. So it's just a really cool experience. And Joao is a really cool guy. So that was a really fun. Uh, I believe the sixth first cut episode, which if you aren't familiar, are the episodes where I talk with people that have achieved a lot in the food industry. And uh, then soon we'll be covering another movie and just more and more exciting news to come from uh, Foodie Films as I'm learning about it as I I record it. We're we're just learning together, Foodie fans and Hoff fans. Well, that definitely sounds like a fun episode. Um, And, you know, we're doing some of the same things as we always do in High School Slumber Party. Yeah, how's your summer break going? It's been pretty good. Well, it's not a break because we've been still talking about movies. It's just... No, yeah. Some of them have been summer-themed, but not all of them. You know, every week, it's just a different high school film, and we have a blast. A lot of them are similar. A lot of them are different. And I've seen so many new, great films. I don't want to say new. I just films that I hadn't seen before that it's really, like, blown my mind. And some old classics that I hadn't seen in a while. It's certainly been a really fun ride. Well... Kyle, if there's nothing else you need to say about the Hoffman, how would you like to close out? Perhaps in our traditional, traditional way. Uh, yeah, guys, never doubt yourselves <laughs> and stay uncool. Sex a thing, sex a thing, you 